everyone. Welcome to the first episode of our new podcast, Unbounds. In honor of Mental Health Awareness Month, the EcoGen Zine team will be talking about eco-anxiety, climate grief, and the intersections between mental health and the environment. So for starters, let's go around and introduce ourselves. I'm Yamila Frej, and I'm the founder and editor-in-chief of EcoGen Zine. And I use her pronouns, and I'm five foot two. I'm Allie, I'm a staff writer, and I use she, her pronouns, and I am three-fourths of Harry Styles. Hi. I need to take a moment from that. Hi, I'm Dia Nathan. Um, I'm a graphic designer. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm 5'2". Hi, I'm Taylor White Knight. I'm a staff writer. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm 44 shrimp tall. Um, my name is Elena Hickson, aka she, her. And I am um, a staff writer and I'm five foot four. I just realized Dia and I left out that we're five foot two and a half. So I think that's an interesting thing to include. <laughs> when you're that short, the half counts. It always counts. Exactly. I've been the same height since like sixth grade. So I had some kid look at me. He goes, I'm six, four and a half. I'm like, no, because the half doesn't matter to you. <laughs> <laughs> It's all relative, it's relative. (laughs) Okay guys, so we're gonna start off with eco-anxiety, what it is and how it's become a bigger issue. So if anyone wants to just jump in and get started. All right. Well, obviously we do our whole entire like thing on social media. So we can obviously see that social media plays a big part in eco-anxiety, which is eco-anxiety is like feeling anxious about like, you're not doing a big enough role in the climate change and you're not helping enough or that so much has already happened and it's like you think it's like existential doom around you yeah and I also think for me and this is such like a weird um like issue to have but like just the stereotypical environmentalist is like a hippie like very like skinny and just you know almost like you know just the embodiment of Stevie Nicks and I feel like as someone who doesn't represent that, it's so hard to like speak out about like environmentalism issues because I like don't embody what environment, like what they usually look like is what I'm trying to say. So, so it's just like, yeah, yeah, what the stereotype looks like. So I always just feel like weird because like, especially nowadays, like we judge everything off someone's appearance. Like even I do it. Like I judge every, every, you know, inch of everybody. So it's just like, it's, you know, human nature, and it's just really difficult. Or, like, people will look at you and then be like, wait, you're an environmentalist? Mm-hmm. Take that one moment, because people still think of, like, the whole Visco girl trend from, like, 2018 when it comes to that. And I also think that, like, ties in to the issues that people think environmentalism is, like, the stereotype, because then they think about environmentalism is, like, switching from plastic straws to metal straws are like really small little things which of course do have an impact but aren't the things that real environmentalism focuses on. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with Elena like there's a stigma surrounding environmentalists like oh I feel like spirituality a lot of people associate that with environmentalism which like obviously it does have a tie but it's not necessarily you're an environmentalist, so you're spiritual, like you sage your bedroom, you you have your crystals, like 
I think you could look at a football player, you could see what they're wearing, you you know that, but you can't necessarily pick out an environmentalist just by looking at them. No, that that plays a lot into like the social media because we get a lot of our eco-anxiety from social media, but we also get a lot of our stereotypes from social media because it was like when the whole entire Black Lives Matter protests were going on and a lot of people use like ACAB, Hello Kitty things. And it's like, you see that type of person, you're like, I'm never going to associate with you in my life. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, when you look at certain people's profiles, you have to like, okay, what stereotype do they fall into? Like, do they fall into like an activist? Do they fall into an environmentalist? And oftentimes you don't see that. And then you go on their stories and it's like, you see all of this like stuff that's going on in climate change and you're like, oh my God, I haven't been helping or oh my God, like this world is gonna end and yeah. No, I, I just like it's, oh, I was just gonna say, I think it's so tricky because like, like you guys said, we haven't even met in person, all of us, like our whole team operates digitally. Um, we use social media so much and it's like, how do you balance using social media for like our cause but also being affected by it with like climate anxiety and like also feeding into stereotypes that we're not even aware of like you guys have all been involved with the zine for like a year now maybe so what would you say about that experience repeat the question (laughs) yeah no that was a rant that was more of a rant there but like i'm just saying like when we yeah no like when we use we're using instagram constantly to like put content out there and we're always getting our information from social media but we're also falling prey to like climate anxiety and like the stresses that social media puts on us so my question is just like how do you balance it out like how do you take care of yourself as an environmentalist like heavily involved with social media well I think you also go ahead Alex you also have to like think about like okay yes this is going to make you anxious like yes it's like a terrifying thing that like the earth is dying literally right in front of our eyes. But you also have to think about, like, personally, I don't live in a low-income community like some people do, so I don't feel those effects of climate change. Like, you have to think about the people that are affected and that you have the privilege to help, and you have to kind of, like, put aside your anxiety and be like, okay, I need to focus on this issue, and I need to help those that need to be helped, stuff like that. I feel like balancing with social media, I feel like a big help of it comes from us and how we portray our side. Because I feel like a lot of things get twisted in the media on how climate change actually happens. Like everyone has a different opinion and they're, let's be honest, they're going to write about their opinion because they think they're right. So I think the way that we portray it has a big impact on our brands and what we do throughout our like journey. Yeah, also because, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so I was just gonna say that like a lot of things that we connect to climate change or environmental related issues online or on social media ends up becoming like super politicized when this isn't really like a political issue so like anything political of course is propaganda like regardless if it's the side you're leaning towards or the side you're against so it's like really important to make sure that when you are looking at the facts you're looking at it as neutral as possible and not really leaning towards any other political ideology. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. And that's actually the point I was gonna bring up because I feel like, I mean, just like history wise, like environmentalists are, you know, mostly left leaning, you know, dating back to the sixties when, you know, the counterculture movement, you know, came in full swing. And I feel like for me, it's really difficult because a lot of my, you know, family members don't agree with 
um, the political ideologies I believe in, which is 100% fine. Like we're all, you know, can have our own opinions. But then, you know, when I'm in environmentalists and I want to care about, you know, the environment and I want to talk with like-minded individuals, I feel like I can't because I just come off as like a total, you know, AOC Democrat. And it's like, that's great if you want to do that. But it's like, it's really hard as a young person still living at home and still, you know, facing those political issues that really aren't political, but they are now where politics is everything. And that's how you define a person. Exactly. Yeah, I, oh, I was going to say, like, I don't know if you guys watch The Simpsons, but like Lisa is like an, um, the environmentalist in it, but like everyone else kind of like pushes her off to the side. So it's like kind of her like just preaching to them at some point and like that's how it ends up feeling when you talk to people who consider it to be a political issue and the reason they consider it to be one is probably because of the media. Yeah because like we have like we all live in America and we have a two-party system and it's like you always see that our two parties never agree on anything and it's like we even like there might be out there there might be like good Republicans or like bad Democrats but it's like, we have such like a stereotype with them. Then it's like, okay, now that we're associating climate change with Democrats, whoever thinks Democrats are bad, aren't gonna care about climate change. So it's like, we put this issue on a political spectrum and now we can't get it off of it. And like, I have a family that's all Republicans and I'm a liberal. So it's like, uh, help. And <laughs> like talking to them, it's like, okay, I'm not trying to make everything political, but like, when you lean so far to one side, everyone thinks everything that you're doing is political. And like a lot of the stuff, it's like climate change is happening because Republicans aren't helping. Like I've seen like articles like that. And it's like, well, that's not true either. Like, yeah, we can just blindly attack the other side. It's more about like when it comes to issues like this, it's like we have to come together. Exactly. I feel like there's also like a stereotype surrounding the two political parties if you look at republicanism and liberalism and they can never agree because people make it that way like they make it two separate ideas and it's not like socially acceptable for them to both feel the same on a certain topic and people see that as you support this you support everything under their list then which is why like personally I try to leave politics out of like what I write in my articles and what I post on our social media because I feel like as soon as people see that they're just going to attack it like oh they're definitely they support all these things because they agree with one thing Donald Trump said they agrees with one thing that Joe Biden says exactly and like the second we brought up politics I bet you like 10 people just clicked off they were like I thought this was about you <laughs> yeah because <laughs> like, uh, I'm here for the environmentalism not the political lesson <laughs> because like but also like a lot of this like plays like everything we seem to do plays into politics it's like we went into a pandemic and we all came out with our own political opinions as if we're not like teenagers which is like yes please have your own political opinion but like when we're talking about like the environment we're talking about black lives matter you can't associate that with politics because the second you do people have already clicked off like it's just uh, like the people do think- don't have to agree <laughs> they don't have to agree with us but we're just like just kind of save your earth people let's get it together please right Right. I think it's interesting also because a lot of what we do is based around like the intersectionality of environmentalism, but then we're also trying to grapple with like not coming across too political and like, you know, touching a nerve with people who have a certain opinion about this topic, yet that topic, maybe it's like racial inequity is, is very related to environmentalism. So like, how should we go about that? And not just us, but like environmentalists in general, maybe people listening 
just like dealing with still trying to be intersectional but not polarizing with the audience I think it's hard because we all have like our we all have bias that we don't even realize like some like I've looked back on things that I've said and been like that was way too like biased to say and it's like when you see that like like when Taylor Swift posted about voting like thousands of people started to register so it's like uh someone's opinion can impact people so much so it's like it's kind of hard because nothing we say isn't gonna be biased besides for cold hard facts and if we sit there and only write facts like we don't add anything else in the middle like dialogue they're not going to read it because they don't care about just looking at statistics that's school so i think <laughs> i got no solution sorry <laughs> i feel like it just has to like ali said if it has to be there it has to be there like mm-hmm. at some point you can't separate the politics from a certain issue and at the same time we're not saying like just because a certain group of people in this certain issue are like negative doesn't mean that they're negative always. There might be situations where they have probably done the right thing or something like that. Exactly. And you also have to kind of like playing into like opinions, like don't say anything that's not truthful. Don't be like cows are dying when cows aren't dying. But like, you kind of have to like play into people's emotions and be like, the earth is dying, like open your eyes. Like sometimes you have to go off of the facts. So it's like kind of hard because if you don't play into their emotions, they're not going to care. Cause that's like, okay, you're on a street, you see candy on one side and you see a dead baby on the other. You're going to go help the dead baby. Not to bring up dead babies, but. (laughs) (laughs) Why did I think you were going in the direction of the candy though? I didn't even mean to say dead babies. I tried to say it live, but it came out dead. Why are dead babies on your mind? Why is that what you're thinking about right now? Because it's like you you can't take candy from a baby. Like you just can't. So it's like. can if they're dead, apparently. (laughs) Do you help the dead baby? It's like, okay, over here, there's a baby on the side of the road. Could be dead could be dead might not be Uh, dead over here's a really nice Willy Wonka style chocolate bar which side are you going to hopefully the baby if you have morals is it it TikTok Willy Wonka or like Johnny Depp Willy Wonka because those are two very different Willy Wonka because apparently that's the thing this is a half dead baby you're going to the half dead baby because it's a half dead baby so you have to like play into the emotion because it's like if I'm going to show you a half dead baby, you're going to be like, oh my God, a half dead baby. If I show you TikTok Willy Wonka, you're going to puke in my face. It's just pretty. I think, I think like the reason we have to play to the emotions is because numbers are hard to grasp. Like I could talk about how many like people get affected by the environment or by any political social issue going on. But like, it's hard to think about just as a number. But then when you show like these personal stories, you show pictures of these people suffering, then it's like, this is an issue we have to do something about it so yeah because with black lives matter like it kind of all became even bigger once you saw the video of george floyd because you were like oh my god like i just watched that video of that man with his being i'm not gonna say it but yeah already brought up the dead baby so it doesn't feel like the right route so um but like yeah you like playing to people's emotions and which is sometimes a good thing because you need to open people's eyes and a lot of people don't even think like they think climate change or they're like oh my God, white visco girl is going to buy plastic straws or metal straws, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but it's good to buy metal straws. Like it's, yeah. I don't know, I'm talking too much now. So what else? Can we just like insert 
Yam's rant about the Lorax and how fake it is. I feel like this really fits the situation. Oh my god. I Okay, I have conflicting opinions about the Lorax. Do I think it's great for children and like a total good introduction into environmentalism? Sure. But I also think it's very misleading because it just shows this one kid being able to like solve all the solutions, like this one voice changing the masses, um, which is very inspiring. But I also think it doesn't really focus much on like the system, like the systems in place that need to be changed just makes it seem like youth have the um, burden to do everything, to fix everything. Um, Yeah, and I just, I don't think that's very fair of a portrayal. Um, The adults weren't very involved in the Lorax. Yeah, you guys can jump in, but I just think it's a very um, like one man fight. It also romanticizes it. Like they're yeah, just definitely. Like, he yeah, only does this because he's so in love with Audrey that he has to get her the tree because the tree is going to solve every world problem and then he gets the girl. Like you don't just want air? Like you wanted a girlfriend, not <laughs> air? Like, I understand. Like, that reminds me of like the cringy guys are like, I can't live without you. You're the light of my life. But I really- Literally one of those guys that would text you and be like, do you think I'm cute? Rate me out of 10. <laughs> Scale. <laughs> like girl i just want a tree like please i don't want you okay she wants to breathe she wants her personal space she wants fresh air ted she does not want you <laughs> how did everyone just like okay this man's gonna send me air in a bottle i'm buying it like this man is a puny little thing i could kick him to the tree like i just don't understand what why we did that but well you know, i really think it more in like a better way than i did but yeah I just think it's, though, like, a really good, I guess, depiction of, like, just capitalism. And, like, they're selling air. Like, I just, recently I've been really into learning just about how the world works. And that's such, like, a nerdy thing to say, but, like, just nepotism and capitalism, like, those things I'm so interested in, like, right now. And it's just, like, the idea that everything we have costs money. Like, just being alive. Hospital bills the minute you're out of the womb like it's just it's so crazy but I do think that's a good thing to come out of the Lorax other than the numerous environmentalism issues I think yeah because like Elena said probably the biggest enemy to the environment is mass like consumerism because we want everything so quickly that we forget that yeah we're getting everything that we want in like the snap of our fingers but what's going on behind the scenes like we don't think about that and that's what's really affecting the environment exactly like sorry ellie it's okay go ahead do you guys have to think about like certain inventions like my dad used to go on rants about a fidget spinner because i had like three i thought i I thought i was so cool he's like no he's like because kids found these by like gluing pennies together into a shape like can you imagine just making such a simple invention they're just making bank because all of a sudden one person gets them and everyone takes an interest in them because they're the hot new thing. And you become a millionaire off of nothing. <laughs> that like hot new thing with like the eco anxiety. It's like if you okay, I've heard the the thing that got me into like the environment was that New York Times post of like the the clock, and I saw it on a bunch of people's stories of the clock, and I was like, oh my god, I'm dying. Like, it wait, was- can we talk about the clock for a minute? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think on maybe unpopular opinion, but I think the clock is crazy. I think it's totally like 
kind of like Instagram doom scrolling. Like it's this big clock in Union Square and like who's really seeing it? Just like average consumers who are going to make like very, like very low level changes in their life, like for personal sustainability, which is great, but also like the big corporations who are like responsible for 71% of carbon emissions are not really seeing the, the clock. And like, I feel like they should be the ones being targeted. Instead, I think it's just putting a lot of burden on consumers to like feel pressured into making um, maybe decisions that they can't even afford or like lifestyle changes. Um, and then when they realize that they're not even going to have like as much of an impact, then that, that's going to just compounds climate anxiety. Yeah, the root of like eco-anxiety is the feeling that you haven't done enough. But if you're doing your time is running out. And yeah. No one that, yeah. Sorry. No one that like runs like these big corporations that are like at fault for like most of this, they're not gonna see that and be like, oh my god, I have eco anxiety. They're gonna be like, wow, I'm making bank. This clock is doing nothing. I'm gonna keep hurting the earth. Or even like, wow, this clock is great. It's taking the responsibility off of me and putting it on my consumers. They're gonna do all the work and think they're being successful with it. And I'll just lay back and you know, chill yeah. and watch. And no one's going to focus on them. Everyone's focused on this clock. No one's like, okay, why is this happening? Everyone's just like, the clock is ticking. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have the ability to reset the clock too. Like we have the ability to make changes that's going to slow down that ticking time bomb. Like it's not necessarily just like, I have five minutes left. Uh-oh. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. like, have five minutes left. Like once that thing gets to five minutes, what are we supposed to do? We can't like automatically turn everything around then. It's just like, we have to stare at our death be timed. Like it's you just- You just blink and then all of a sudden the earth's like, Pew. yeah, <laughs> like I ain't even here. <laughs> oh, and gosh. some people like, don't even like take it seriously. They're just like, okay, yeah, this makes me anxious, but like, I can't do anything. Like I live in a small town in Pennsylvania. Like I can't do anything. It's like, but you can. And it's like, I think that it's really hard when you do, when you're looking at something on such like a global scale, because it's like, we could email like these corporations as many times as we wanted, and they would just hit the trash button. Like, they wouldn't really care. So it's that's like, what's, deal with that. and that's what the beauty of social media is. Because once you put it out in social media, imagine all the people who are going to see it. And if everyone sees Winter it, storms. Then, yeah, exactly. They won't be able to ignore it. So that's when social media comes to be helpful. Like, yeah, it is probably the source of our eco-anxiety, but it's also the one thing that can actually take major steps in helping the environment if used properly. Yeah, you ruin those bitches' images, they ain't coming back. They're dead. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I keep mentioning death, but like, our earth is dying, so it's kind of like- What is it with you and death? Like, are you doing okay? Kind of okay? Dead babies. Okay over the death babies. The ghosts. Dead earth. They are the <laughs> Most dead babies like because then we're gonna get back into the politics and everyone's gonna we're gonna lose the rest of the viewers it's like we lost half click off yeah half of them stayed and we're like okay i'm talking about dead babies here i like dead baby jokes and it's like okay now we're back into politics and they don't know right. what to do so someone we'll break them in slowly we're breaking them in slowly was it like thing for you guys my family used to just tell dead baby jokes like we were just searching yeah. up it was like it was like there was one that was like what do you <laughs> What do you do after you put a baby in a, a baby in a, bland, a blender and you find the dead baby blendered? You get Doritos. It was something like that. <laughs> oh my gosh. At least you're not drinking it. That's for sure. 
these things on how to answer the work phone and it was like tim's abortion clinic and pizzeria where yesterday's loss is today's sauce i'm like how do you even think of that like why does that come to your mind i would buy six pizzas after that not because dead babies but because they got me with that one like it can't actually be a dead baby but i begged my manager to let me say that i was like charlie (laughs) please just like one time before i leave it would get you pressed oh two people gosh. on TikTok and be like, oh my God, call this pizzeria. They're going to tell you your sauce is dead babies. And then someone will be like, oh my God, sick. And they'll call the pizzeria. <laughs> Sorry. I feel like you guys just keep letting me come in and talk and I just go <laughs> off. <laughs> we need your chaotic energy. It's, it's very needed. <laughs> I got a lot of dead babies on my mind. It's not my fault. <laughs> no, because this Instagram highlight, it's just going to be me talking about dead babies, Elena's falling over, and Yamila's yes. just saying, should I, <laughs> her? should I kick her off the team? Is that what we want to Remove do? participant. <laughs> Yamila's like, no, because my professors are going to see this, and this is so bad for me. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Can we see a podcast video? And it's just me talking about dead babies for like straight hour. Yeah, plus, that's why they have to watch the whole thing to understand. Exactly. And we'll know who the true supporters are. Period. No, because the dead, if we talk about dead babies on the Instagram highlights, they're going to be in like, what are dead babies? Look at Instagram guidelines. Instagram's going to take off the story. They're going to be like, this doesn't. information. I'll put my cat in it. So I can talk about dead babies, but you're focused on the cat. Oh, oh my it's gosh. There. <laughs> it's there. <laughs> okay. Okay, so to regroup a little, I'm going to ask a new question. We kind of went over it a little bit, but it's like, we can agree that eco-anxiety doesn't come in one size. So like, what are the different kinds that we see with like different kinds of people um, in different roles? I think especially in low income areas within the country, and of course, like areas which are still developing outside of the country, their anxiety is probably much more like day-to-day prevalent and they might not even consider that eco-anxiety that just might just be anxiety about life for them like um, are we gonna have enough water um are we gonna have like enough food why aren't crops growing why isn't things like that so exactly and like america has like we have a lot of resources compared to like when you look at other countries but yet we like we still have a large majority of people that don't take action in trying to help, even though we have that privilege and we have those resources. So I think like, if you went and like you asked like somebody like, what do you think about climate change? They wouldn't really be able to tell you anything that was like concrete or like anything like that. But then I think if you went somewhere where it was more obvious, the climate change, then they would probably be able to tell you more. If that made any sense. And at the same time, like they might not realize it's climate change because when issues like that are so prevalent in your day-to-day life, you might just think of them as like normal problems and things like that. Exactly, because it's like, okay, so if you're a polar bear in the Arctic and you see these like glaciers melting, like you start to get used to it or like you're going down the stairs and your cat is always in the middle of the stairs, you're going to always avoid that spot in the stairs. So it's like you kind of just get used to it. Like you don't do anything, you just get used to it. I feel like eco-anxiety is... It's classified as a mental disorder. When I did the research on it, that's what that's what it said at least. Um, I feel like it's very overlooked because people don't know it till it happens to them. Like, for example, like tsunamis, California forest fires, um, storms, like tornado, 
tornadoes and hurricanes it's like you don't think about what you have to do after that happens until it happens to you which is when you're like your mind's going a thousand miles an hour like you need food you need somewhere to stay you probably have a family that you need to help take care of like there's so many factors that people don't think about and people don't recognize it so it's not educated on if that makes sense <laughs> exactly like like you can, yeah Ali go Ali and the cat even like after it happens like we see like I saw the Australia wildfire was happening but I was in my own comfort in my own room there was no fires near me like you also don't you also don't know like what do you do after that what do you do when it ends do you try and stop the next one or do you try and stop something else that's happening right then and there like we have so many issues going on right now that it's like okay what do we get to first what do we get to later what can be like put aside stuff like that Allie what are you holding <laughs> the cat Allie and the cat I've just seen like bobbing around in the corner <laughs> you could watch the subtitles okay it says Allie and the cat sorry <laughs> I don't know the name feels like a dead baby Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. We really have to oh stop giving me the chance to talk, guys. Like, you guys just got to keep talking. And then if I talk over you, just be like, don't go. Like, just keep going. We'll mute you. I think you're actually the host, so we can't mute you. So you're acting like we have more power than we do. So. <laughs> no, I muted her. We're good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay, so our next question is, in your personal experience, have you ever felt grief or anxiety about the future of the planet, future generations, your own family, and like, how have you responded to it and dealt with it? Yeah, I mean, like, there would just be, maybe not even like a big period of time, but there just might be like one, like a, a solid hour where I'll just sit and think about how like, this planet is dying, that means like, everything that I know will be like, gone eventually and it's like an endless cycle because the more you think about it the more you just keep going in deep and deeper about like how things are not going to be good and like the easiest way to say it like we know that right but the more you focus on it the more you think about it it's just like you keep spiraling so yeah I think about it a lot because like I know this is such a weird thing, but, like, I don't consider myself a hippie at all, but, like, I know that if I ever have children in the future, I want them to be very organic, if that makes sense. I want them um, to just, you know, be able to go outside and not be trapped inside on their, you know, iPad or something like that, and um, how is this going to be related to that? Oh, and I just get nervous that in the next, you know, 20 years or something or whenever I have children, that I won't be able to do that because the world will just be an absolute shambles um, through <laughs> um, just like everything. And I don't know. It's such a weird thing to think about. But yeah, I think about that a lot. Yeah, you also have to like think about. Did someone just go? Someone else can go. Oh, you're good. You're good. Awesome. Go ahead. I thought Allie paused because she was going to bring up dead babies again. <laughs> we also have to think about what this earth means for dead babies. So, okay, no. Um, <laughs> it's getting a little too literal now. <laughs> we also have to, like, think about, like, the fact that, like, when I, okay, so when something happens, everybody's talking about it. Like, and I think that there's a lot of, like, discouragement that comes from, like, family or, like, peers 
if like, okay, I say climate change is an issue, but then everyone around me says it's not an issue. It's kind of hard to like focus on it being an issue because then if you also have eco-anxiety, it's like, okay, I really want to help, but nobody else wants me to help or, but like these people need my help. And it's like, I can do this, but like, if I do it, am I going to get judged? And it's like, this earth isn't just ours. Like we're, this is supposed to last for our children and their children and children, children, children. So it's like, if we don't fix it now, that timer is going to reach zero. So that's all. You know what I think about? So where like me, Allie and Elena are, there's a nuclear power plant like 25 miles from our house. And I'm like super into old abandoned things. So I look at like the Chernobyl disaster all the time. I'm like obsessed with it. And I'm like, no, cause they do like monthly tests where they have like sirens in case the plant melts down and I can never hear them. And I'm like, no, cause oh, it's, no. it's just gonna melt down and I'm not gonna hear it. And I'm gonna die because we're not taking care of, of like our area. It's just like paranoia that lives in the back of my head all the time. Yeah, because that thing, I literally, I live right next to a highway. Basically, my house is right next to 663, this highway. And when you're at a certain part, like when you're driving up it from a certain way, like my dad lives in Maya, so I have to drive up it from a certain way. And you see like the, you can see the power plant right there. You see all that smoke in the air and it's like, that could kill me. I mean, it's not going to be right now. And then you also have to think about like, I'm not the only one that has this feeling because it's not even just us that has these things near us. Like low-income communities, they have a bunch of plants like that just polluting their air and there's nothing they can do because they don't care about them. They're big corporations. They don't care about little tiny people. So it's like, yeah. Somebody else please go. <laughs> Get me out of this awkward situation. <laughs> I, I just thought about like Aaron Brockovich right now. And like the Aaron Brockovich movie with Julia Roberts, which is basically about how a lawyer fights against this major corporation when she finds out they've been polluting their water and that the water is like causing cancer for the people oh, who are. Oh, yeah, I heard of that. Yeah, so it was like a major case. And the thing is, none of the people like even realized, like they knew that all of them were getting sick, but they weren't able to connect it to an environmental issue, which is probably because no one was discussing it or considering it. And we often like, forget to think about environmental factors on how they can affect people's health because we always think about it as like in the future in different countries far away but then it's like it could be happening in your own community and you wouldn't even know it if it's being like covered up or something yeah and then you have to think go ahead please the water crisis reminds me of Flint, Michigan, when the lead pipes were corroding into the water. Like, all of a sudden, people are telling you, don't drink the water. Like, you, you could be sitting there with a nice ice-cold cup in your hand, and you're realizing, like, everyone's getting sick because of this. Like, you don't know. Obviously, our bodies need water to survive, so you don't know where to go from there. Like, can I go buy bottled water at the store and know that I'm not going to have, like, toxins enter my body that could potentially kill me? Like, it's just a very spur of the moment thing. Yeah, and they don't, and don't they still not have clean water, right? Like, the water still not still lead contaminated, I think. Yeah. They're still working yeah. on it. And there was a thing going on near us a couple of years ago. I might have been the whole world. I don't know. I wasn't, like, I was young. But, like, my entire, um, my entire, like, cousin family, I guess it would be called, they um, all, like, there was this whole thing going on with like Deer Park, I think it was, where their water was contaminated if you bought it from stores and stuff in their water bottles. So all of them got, sorry, I just started storming. 
all of them got um <laughs> all of them got like salmonella or something from the water bottle so it was like this thing where they just wouldn't buy water bottles for the next like month and it was like you also don't want to buy plastic water bottles because then it's like those are going to contaminate us those are going to contaminate like um i'm sorry i've lost my brain completely the storm caught me off guard yeah, it's like thundering. It's like freaking me out. Wow. Sunny skies here. Gosh. It looks sunny over there, but not over there. <laughs> it looks like, like good and evil. <laughs> Wait, like, the devil on your shoulders, the devil and the angel. <laughs> this is kind of going off target, but okay. I This probably isn't good to say on an environmental podcast, but I can't take care of a plant. Like I, every time I try and take care of a plant, it dies. So I have this plant, which its name is Harry, and it's half dead. But it's why is it named Harry? Half dead baby. I don't know why it's named. Yeah, this is why I got death on my mind. I sleep right next to a dead plant every night. Um, and this one was named Maggie, and it's also dead. But inside of it, they had a baby. Look at that. They had a baby. <laughs> uh, the baby. Oh my gosh. I don't think it's going to I think Allie's doing really important work here to like correct the stereotypes of environmentalists. We don't all know how to plant. This is my anxiety, <laughs> okay? My plant's going to die. Oh. <laughs> oh gosh. All right, guys. Okay, someone else can please talk. Okay. Okay, for our next segment, we're going to play a game Sorry, of myth versus... Oh, shoot. <laughs> I, I'm on my hotspot, like off my phone, so we should be okay. But the recording just like stalled for a couple seconds, so I have Allie going, "Look, it's a baby," and then just like, stop. <laughs> it's okay, girl. It's okay. Mine's um, still recording, so we're okay. Dude, that scared the shit awesome. out of me. I was like, <laughs> this podcast is so chaotic. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> to learn about environmentalism and then they're gonna get whatever this thing of the sort yeah <laughs> oh no please come back guys please come back be more focused next time yeah i just start first one it'll get better only we're from here we're not gonna right. get it this time nobody's gonna come back after this okay. <laughs> oh no okay I so our power, next like, segment don't we live in town Huh? Oh my goodness, I can hear all the rain outside. It's so loud. Taylor, you live down the street from you. Yeah, that's what I mean. I was like, did your power not go out? Because we literally live like two blocks from each other. I'm kind of a, the ghost kept it on. He made sure it didn't go out. So thankful for him. Oh, I have people in water know, trying to. I have a ghost in her house. Yeah. I think his name is Frank. That's my old dad. I had a funeral for my plant the other day. His name was Frank. He probably came back to haunt me for killing him. I'm sorry, Frank. But I spilled water trying to water the dead plant. So hold on. Frank not passed the vibe check. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. So for our next section, we're going to play myth versus facts. And we have four quick statements to like agree or disagree with. So the first one is the responsibility to mitigate the climate crisis should fall on consumers as individuals. Myth or fact? Myth. Big myth. I think it should fall on like, I mean, 
I don't necessarily think it should fall on everyone because what's happening now is years and years and you know decades of just you know horrible things happening to the environment but I do think now it is everyone's responsibility for future generations to have good lives and like it's really sad that it has to be that way and that it has to fall on us and it should have never happened in the first place but I think it you know we should all take the blame here. Yeah, kind of jumping off what Alina said, I think it's important that everyone does their part, but at the same time, I don't think everyone should feel completely guilty or think that they're the ones who are going to end up saving the world with whatever they choose to do. It's all about like little things. Everyone should put an effort in, but it doesn't mean that your specific effort is going to change the world. It's more of a community thing. Exactly. Right, I'm going to try to reconnect the Wi-Fi real quick. So if I like pop out, I'm sorry. <laughs> The meeting totally is fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's her meeting. <laughs> At least we got the dead baby bit. That's all I gotta say. And now Definitely. Yeah, but if this continues, I think that um, like a lot of ego anxiety stems from like, what have I been doing wrong? It's like, yes, like our individual actions do impact the environment, and whether they're good or bad, that's how they're gonna impact. But like, also we can't like if I start working for climate change but I don't get anybody else to and nobody else does I'm not going to save the world all myself this isn't a superhero movie like we have to get it's not the Lorax this is not (laughs) the Lorax guys no one's gonna fall in love with you if you plant a tree okay (laughs) it's just gonna be like a nice thing hold on I'm gonna see if I can put my cat up here (laughs) Taylor is still Oh, back. Taylor's back. He's back in the building. I was trying to connect to my Wi-Fi, but I guess my connection still's not on. So I'm back on my hotspot. Sorry. I hope my brother like didn't die. I the resilience here is insane. um, Taylor, my Wi-Fi went out. If that makes you feel better, like less alone. But my light's still good. Wait, if your Wi-Fi's out, you on the call? Oh, I'm on my hotspot. Uh, wow clutch oh my god my dad's money right now shout out verizon (laughs) shout out robert haskins thank you for paying for my bill oh i should not have done that i should not have done that there's gonna be a bit cut out what's happening outside wait guys just listen can you hear it can you hear it yeah what's happening outside right now record that you could sell that that's a peaceful noise i could fall asleep <laughs> that is cool. i kind of want a thunderstorm right now me. they scare me i hate them yeah if you can see past my harry styles and tom holland um things <laughs> the window is wet that doesn't do anything the window's <laughs> wet <laughs> it was raining oh my god this podcast is going down too late to get up I'm, I'm oh sorry God. to anyone that ever gets paired with me. I'm doing nothing for y'all. <laughs> I think they'll be completely lucky if they're paired with you. So, dude, I'm and the cat, of course. Completely lucky to learn about. I'll something. be paired with Allie. I will so be paired with Allie. <laughs> you scare me, Taylor. Allie. Oh my God. Did you just what say I scare you? Yes. The Earth is dying. That was all you. Yeah, you scare us. I think I just have like an intense gaze on people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. They need it. I like Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. 
that's you best part. <laughs> no, don't you know that Juliana is like his power is like smoldering, so he just goes. That's like intense gaze, to me. You don't care about this earth. <laughs> it's coming for you. Catch these hands, no, no, yeah. I got my guitar. I'm not supposed to curse, right? I shouldn't curse, right? I think it's a little late for that. Because I've cursed like I- times. <laughs> Every time I think of like you firing me, like <laughs> no audiences like, only. Yeah, Mel is gonna send me a message. It's gonna be like, can I meet with you privately, please? <laughs> oh my god, you're making me seem like a bad editor. <laughs> not, not no, they can't think that. Let them know. Let them know how I really am. I don't even send Zoom links right you're before they nice start. Honestly, let's be honest. Every teen in 2021 curses, so it's not like they're not gonna look at this and be like. <gasps> They said what the if, forbidden what if, word. What if an older demographic starts to watch our stuff, though? Yeah, like, what if they, they lay their hands on a podcast and they click off? We just lost the older demographic completely. We'll talk about this in our debrief. We'll like plan out for next. Wait, time. why am I the one that's making everyone lose stuff? Because my brother just came in, go away. Because I've been talking about dead babies and I've been talking about rocking people's ass. So I've lost all our viewers, guys. Yeah, I think it was group damage. It's, at least we're not getting paid for this. Right. I wish right. we were, but like, at least I'm not making us lose money. That's oh, so Allie's just in it for the money. We've established that. <laughs> Look, if I gotta make that bank, I'm gonna make that bank. But. Yeah. What are we supposed to be talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Let me get back. Let me get back. Okay, so we're on our second statement. It's myth versus fact. Eco-anxiety only happens to people who already have anxiety or mental health issues. No. Myth. It's more likely, though, because if you already have anxiety, then it's easier for someone to get hooked on something like this or, like, spiral about it. But I do think anyone can just have eco-anxiety, like, by themselves without having anxiety. This, this might be controversial, but I feel like, like... 99.9% of the population has mental health issues. Like, I mean, maybe that's like really- In this world, we can't yeah, just mental health issues. There's so much, I mean, trauma. There's so much depression. There's, so, there's just so much going on that I think everyone's affected either way. Wait, Ali, can you sing Sign of the Times for me real quick? I feel like that really fits the occasion. I, think I, am. <laughs> I can get it to play on my record. Okay, this choir. Girl, you're a choir too. So? Let's hear a duet. Okay. <laughs> this is not what we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> we need to get back on track. But I am gonna, oh wait. Actually, no, I'm not gonna get off track. Can I say the okay. second and third one, please? Yes, yes, yes. Let's keep going. Okay. Sorry, I lost the third one. Oh, there's no cure to eco-anxiety. Myth myth it is a start I don't know why there's no reasoning but <laughs> i'm not talking i'm still muted <laughs> elena's muting because of the rain <laughs> wait when i got you, got i'm recording can they see my screen because i keep getting bored and i keep like switching tabs okay okay so should we move on to number four yes yes we can me or you you can take it away oh, thank you it is uncommon to have eco-anxiety. Myth. I feel like everyone's anxious about it to some level when they think about it. 
and I don't think like you can't go up to a person and say like the planet is dying everything you know and love will be gone in like 100 years without having the person like get a little anxious about it I think they have it without knowing it like it's just something they subconsciously think about and they don't necessarily like self-diagnose like oh I'm thinking about this it's just my like you don't say it's just my ego anxiety right right I don't think think it's disenfranchised yeah exactly like people don't even know they don't even know to label it or like even someone was saying earlier like people in frontline communities obviously aren't going to think of like their day-to-day struggles as like eco anxiety like a super niche mental health issue so yeah yeah because it's like whatever you see is going to affect you in some way if you see a dead baby on the side of the road you're going to be traumatized so I feel like sorry I feel like that's just (laughs) the logo of this podcast should just be a dead baby (laughs) it's a monster right now that fits that's our dead baby okay sorry i'm just gonna put like a disclaimer like when we're editing this i'm just gonna put a disclaimer by the way we do not support ali's constant bringing up of dead babies by the way we do not kill babies (laughs) like y'all see my cat right now no wait oh my god i see (laughs) that's creepy look at it in the window oh oh my gosh the shadow He's just watching nice. the room. I like heard him jump off. I was like, no, because someone's coming to kill me because my power oh. went out. <laughs> oh I found out it was so loud or the road was so loud from the rain because my window fell open. So <laughs> oh. it's okay now. It's all good. I closed it. Oh my gosh. Should Maybe we? It's coming up to New York. Oh, we can move on. Okay. Wait, we no, did no, have no, one. I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it like that. I meant that, like, next should we be doing? Sorry. I'm just, I'm really moved. Um, we're a mess, by the way. Whoever is listening this, to this. Yes. Oh, we're let's just read this one quote. So for the stat um, about eco-anxiety being pretty common, it says that a 2020 poll found that more than 40% of Americans felt disgusted or helpless about climate change. Um, yeah, so places from Greenland to Australia reported a surge in people reporting stress and depression from climate change in 2020. So that's just to say that eco-anxiety is ever-increasing and not getting enough attention. Yeah. Except for eco-gen Z. You want a little fact? Greenland is ice, and Iceland is green. So there you go. That's so rad. If you want to travel. I needed that today. Okay, should we move okay. on to the questions or should we check whatever? Yes, I think we can we move on to the questions. questions from people who follow us on Instagram. So we're going to go over them right now. Okay, do you want me to do the first one? Yes, please. Okay, Ava asked, what do you think would be the benefits of doing a podcast along with the magazine? Um, I think it's going to be good because when we, like the magazine is all like our, it's all of our, like, um, Sorry, it's all of our articles like edited. Like we edit it to look professional and then Yamila goes in and edits it to look professional as well. So that's not really like us. Like I don't talk like I do when I write my articles and no one else does either. So I think that it's gonna be like good to like see everyone and see like the faces that are behind the zine and like add in like, this is like what we sound like. You can associate us with something instead of just being like, okay, these the, her name's Allison. Don't know what she looks like. Don't know what she sounds like. Yeah, that's that's all. Like, like Elena said, that there are stereotypes related to like environmentalism. So we have no clue how you've imagined any of us to be <laughs> up until this moment. But now you can like really see us as people, and it's like 
a more casual way to talk about environmentalism, which is how environmentalism should be talked about in comparison to how formal our articles and graphics are. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and we definitely want like our audience to get more involved in the podcast, um, like not have it be a one way broadcast, but just bring your voices in like your ideas each week as we talk on an episode. So yeah, hopefully it's going to be a little bit more interactive than our magazine component, and we're looking forward to that. <laughs> okay, should we move on to the next one? <laughs> so yes, talk? yes, we can. Um, okay. I'll read it off. It's from it's from Alexis and she asks, what kinds of things are you guys planning on doing? I think what that kind we're kind of going with the flow. It's like, you're on a roller coaster, you don't ask for the upside down loop. You get the upside down loop. So I think it's like, if someone comes to us and is like, here's your upside down loop, we're gonna take the upside down loop. If we want exactly. to. It's what kind of things do you guys wanna hear about? You should tell us. What do you, you wanna talk about? We wanna talk about issues which our people are, curious about are kind of niche that aren't really discussed. So if you have something you'd like to talk about, you should just send us a DM or, yeah. Plus just opportunities arise for us all the time. Like we have, we have people who DM us asking us for collaborations. So we do our best to kind of like, like we did a mental health collaboration. We did the Dear Dead People podcast. And we try to like course through everyone, like in our team right. workspace. Yamila just like, do you want to for this? Question mark. It might take yeah, a moment to yeah. respond. Just because there's so many of us and it's like, okay, who responds? Because right now, every time I see one, I don't respond. I feel like that's way too much on me. So that's that's Yamila. And we're all students. <laughs> we're all like students of different grades. I don't want to piss someone off by responding. I feel like I'm going to respond and out of nowhere, Yamila's going to come in. Why did you respond to them? <laughs> no, no. We like group manage the Instagram. Everything's like in your here. place. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> to log into the Instagram until last oh time I logged into like, I don't know, see it. <laughs> yeah, but basically, we're looking to do whatever you guys want us to do. Um, we definitely want it to be like two ways where you guys can communicate with us the things you like, things you don't like. Probably a lot of things you did not like about this episode, but we want to hear all of it and um, move forward based on that and find things that our audience is interested in. So, yeah, we like, don't want to seem like unreachable. Like we want you to think that yeah. you can come to us. Like we're not big corporations. I'm calling you out. But <laughs> environmentalists are friends, not food. I think that's so, but okay. <laughs> it's a finding. Dia, please tell me you've seen Finding Nemo. Oh my god. Wait, I don't even remember that from Finding Nemo. I me neither. I've seen Finding Nemo. We got another question. It's like, fishes are friends, not food. Scary <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Shark okay. <laughs> we got another question, so I'm going to add it in. You guys talk yeah. about Emma. Okay. Okay, in the meantime... We have a question from Josefina asking any cool guests lined up for the podcast? So the answer is not yet, but we are open to recommendations from our followers like always. So you can like hit our DM with people you want us to collab with. We can reach out. Maybe you know someone like an activist in your community who can speak extensively on a topic. And um, yeah, we are looking for submissions for that. Yeah, uh, it just depends on like what like what month it is like what subject we want to do because it's like we're not going to invite someone that only talks about the ocean for 
fire month. That's not a thing, but let's pretend it is. Fire month. <laughs> I'm trying to make like things that make sense in my head, and then it's just like dead babies and Willy Wonka, and I don't understand what's going on. You still got Willy Wonka on the mind, girl. Me too. It's okay. You slot him up. You put him in your in my mind, and now I got dead babies on one side, Willy Wonka on the other side. Why is like no one talking? About <gasps> he this? gets such weird. Would make such a good Willy Wonka. He's a oh my gosh. fine young man. <laughs> no, because wait, hold on. Sorry. Our next question. Our next question. <laughs> okay, I'm looking at it now. It's from Emma, and she asks, "What started EcoGen, and what is your drive to keep it going?" So, what started EcoGen? Um, it was a really small idea I had last summer, where I was just thinking, "Hey, I haven't really seen much media about the environment coming from." youth writers. I feel like youth activists are covered a lot by adult journalists. And I felt like, you know, there wasn't really a place for like Gen Z to express their voices directly on any platform. So I decided to make Eco Gen Zine. That's pretty much how it came to be. And um, what is the drive to keep it going? Honestly, all of these amazing people right here, I don't think it would have made it this far without our team and our dynamic and like all the little laughs in between like the stressful moments of like editorial stuff. So Yes, definitely the passion of the team. That's and what keeps us going. Out there watching. You kept us going. Exactly. The support from you guys. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, is that all the questions we have? Our next question. We have one more question. No. Um, came from. We have two more. Two more. We have two oh, we have two more questions. Okay. The first question is from. Josephina, I think. And it says, what platforms will we be able to find the podcast on? That's a great question. Our podcast will be on Spotify, Apple Music, Instagram, YouTube, and our Instagram is at EcoGenZine. So yes. If anyone watches this far, <clears throat> do you want us to make an account where we post them on Instagram or just the highlights? Like anybody want to tell us or have you already clicked off because of bed babies? Um, anyways, <laughs> are we good on that question? <laughs> yes, yes, I think that's the question. Next one, yeah. <laughs> okay, now, we don't know the identity of this questioner, but we know they're hot, that's all. We, that's all we know. Um, and they ask, a, a question that actually, like, is really important to me, I think about this a lot. When I'm in bed at night, I just look up at the ceiling and I'm like, Wow, this question. She looks at her Harry Styles poster. <laughs> I look at Harry Styles on my ceiling and I think, how are we so hot and intelligent? As asked the, the unknown, but nonetheless hot viewer. Um, how are we so hot and intelligent? Um, it's a burden, honestly. It takes hot to recognize hot. Yeah, it's just, pretty much. you know, people with good opinions are just hot. And, you know, we have good climate opinions at the very least, so. People who believe in climate change are hot. And intelligent. Uh, yeah. Like global warming. <gasps> we, we need to make that Not intelligent, but we'll take the burden for you guys, just in case. We, need, we definitely need to make that merch. Like, if you believe in climate change, you're hot. And they get, like, Y2K. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, if our viewers reached it this far, you have to comment hot and intelligent merch where you at. And we will know. Yeah. No, because I'm literally going to go on my computer and design that right now. <laughs> Amazing. See, we go with the flow, guys. You asked what's up next. We don't know. Could be merch. Yeah. Hot and intelligent. If you wanted merch, we're still going to make the merch, guys. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> We're our only fans. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Only fans where we just post pictures of the earth. Just like leaves. Different angles too. We're gonna yeah. vote. <laughs> okay, guys. I think that's it for all of our questions. Um, just to wrap up, thank you so much to everyone who listened to this super chaotic episode. And let us know in the comments what your favorite part was, your absolute worst part. Um, what you're looking forward to in episode two. And yes, we look forward to hearing from you guys. Thank you. And comment hot and intelligent merch. Where are you at? Uh, you must. Can I say the <laughs> We'll know you. <laughs> <laughs>